This is Splice. Yeah. Hi. Good morning, everyone. <coughs> hey. Good morning. Just morning, turned morning. on the recording function. Morning, Olga. It's so Alia. good to finally finally uh, uh, meet you, Tanmoy. We I've only ever seen you on on Twitter. Yes, Rishad. Thank you. Um, lovely meeting you as well. Uh, that's where most people tend to find me. So you're not alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I see Padma is in the group. I'm so happy to see her. Hi, Tanmoy. Hi. Hey, oh my Padma. God! I'm so relieved to hear your voice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Padma. Hi, hi, everyone. Good morning. Have we been introduced before? Good morning. Padma? Yes, I'm with Suno India. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Great to have you here. Thank you. All right, let's give it a couple more minutes. Alia, how are you? Good morning. In the office. In uh, Jakarta. Yep. Wonderful office. Yeah. Very cool. And here we have our next person. Hey, Riza. Ah, Junie's here too. Morning, Junie. Junie, your your J N Lao handle makes you makes you look so official. Junie's on listening mode. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Um, you know what? Let's get started. So, uh, yeah. You know, and besides, this is re being recorded as well, so it's going to be useful for, for other people. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Sorry, to unmute my. I think I might have accidentally muted myself. <laughs> Sorry. If I... No, I know that's, that's been hap that's been happening for a while. Yeah. Uh, uh huh. Uh huh. Getting, okay. getting used to the Telegram interface myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. Not even sure if whatever I said <laughs> went across. No, but ago. but but do it again. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> this Telegram account I, I've had forever, but you know yeah. I I hardly ever use it, so it's only with you guys. <laughs> I know we we, we seem. You're not, yeah, you're not the first person to say that. Uh, mm -hmm. Someone else was saying last week that he installed Telegram just because of us. So, yeah, yeah, uh, so, we have the effect. You guys are the drivers, <laughs> 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 but all good. It's always good to to experiment with new technology, and, and exactly. I like doing the, the planet spice. Although, I must say, I think we're all like platformed out. You know, having to to look across so many different platforms, I can barely keep up with with LinkedIn. It's it's like I don't even bother to keep up with LinkedIn actually. I know there's a lot happening, but it's just impossible yeah. to, to manage. You can spend your whole day just looking at social media otherwise. Exactly. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about that later on. Um, we want to get some feedback as well. Um, mm. All right. So uh, 11.03 AM here in Singapore. Let's get this started. Uh, this is being recorded. Thank you for, for joining us uh, on our third uh, Splice Lo-Fi. This is a weekly audio room that we're putting together every Friday, um, Friday morning, at least in Singapore. Uh, we're recording this and we're going to make this publicly available on our website for those of you who can't join us live today. We would love for you to speak openly here, but if you want to be taken uh, off the record, let us know and we'll edit you out in post. Otherwise, this recording will go out on the internet as it is right now, um, right after this recording. Rashad. Yes, it will. Hey, I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna quickly uh, uh, talk to everybody about Planet Splice. Uh, just as J Junie was was saying, um, 
this is something that we've been, this is our response to a little survey we ran about uh, what everybody had on their wish list for 2021. And um, three things emerged. One is that people said they wanted relationships and networking with the larger media ecosystem. People said they wanted media product training, which I'm excited about. And uh, they wanted um, access to funding and investments. Um, or you know, funding and potential investors. So the, uh, this uh, Planet Splice is a space that was born from that research. Um, and uh, essentially, as some of you already know, it's it's your space to network, learn, and discover new opportunities. Jump on to splicemedia.com/planet, and that's a good way to just join and hang out with all these people. We've also got our first course on there, Alan. Yeah, I saw we've had a couple of people sign up. Uh, I saw that Erin Cook signed up, uh, which is really nice to see. And then she went on to, to tweet about it. Um, very kind words from her. You see that? Yeah, I did see that. And it, it, it's bizarre that um, the course is called How to Newsletter. And someone as, as amazing at newslettering as Erin is, uh, has signed up to something like that is is uh, uh like us preaching to the choir it's That's also right. very flattering but we're looking for feedback um, yeah let, let us know what you think of that course it's a format that we're trying out it's it's um how would we describe it uh very short tight snippets um where you can learn on your own how to create a, a newsletter that that works well for your community uh, and at the end of it we also have a canvas in which you can um, which you can use to help you think through the process of uh, creating a, a newsletter. Who is it for? What problems does it solve? And all that. Um, and you know, as an added benefit, um, uh, you can set up a time to to have a chat with us. Um, Rishad and I are available uh, for for quick uh, clinic check-ins uh, if you want to bounce your idea off us. Um, so happy to to talk to you about that. So go to Planet Splice, have a look at that, see what you think. But most importantly, that let us know what you. What you make of it. So today we're we're honored to have uh, our our good friend, a uh, uh, friend of Splice, uh, friend of Splice, uh, <laughs> Tenmoy Gosami uh, from Delhi. Um, he is the first sanity correspondent that I've ever come across. At least um, he used to work at at the Correspondent, uh, which we all have have heard about. Um, he covered mental health there um, and was something, you know, according to his bio, at least, was something that he never, you know, wasn't part of the plan. He spent his last uh, decade or so uh, in business editing and reporting um, and now has his own newsletter uh, that focuses on, on mental health, uh, especially in, in the context of journalism. And I think this is a really important conversation to have. Uh, so we invited him here to talk about um, not just mental health, but but you know the effects of COVID on the journalism community in India. Uh, we all know the news that's coming out of of India uh, with regards to COVID. Uh, the numbers are are staggering uh, as a whole for the population. And if you look at the the number of deaths uh, of of journalists um, uh, who've suffered COVID, 141 deaths as of May 5th, according to the Press Emblem campaign. Uh, this is the sec second highest in the world after Brazil. Uh, Tanamoy, I know this is a, a very 
tough topic for uh, for you to talk about but we wanted to get your thoughts um you know what what are we missing here when we're looking at these numbers yeah hi thanks thanks alan thanks uh everybody for joining in and apologies in advance i have a nasty cough that might um irritate you um every so often so apologies for that <clears throat> um yeah first of all uh immense respect and 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 gratitude for everybody who put their lives um at risk every single day going out there and getting these stories um i think the the, the struggles of credible journalists everywhere um a, a lot of it is pretty universal fighting misinformation fighting trolls fighting uh, you know faceless um uh, haters on social media who will do anything to resist the truth com from coming out um and it is uh, uh, it, it this entire situation that we are in with so much collective trauma doesn't make it easy for journalists to do their job because i i was just uh, uh browsing through twitter yesterday and a reporter friend was asking there very helplessly how do we even reach out to sources or you know uh, interview anybody because everybody is in mourning right now so you know the, the the basic job that journalists uh perform which is probing question questioning um getting facts out everything appears wrong right now and I think we we are not talking enough about that because there are there, there are these excellent stories coming out um, from the ground. So it seems like I mean I'm di completely discounting the rabid hate mongering faction of the media, which is primarily um, I think concentrated in television. But <clears throat> uh, if you keep that aside, there's a lot of brilliant journalism coming out, and sometimes we tend to gloss over the fact that getting those stories out is exerting a tremendous uh, toll on journalists, not just because uh, of the risk of actually reporting from the ground and putting themselves physically at risk, but because how do you even uh, pretend as if, you know, the work that you do uh, is important enough for people to uh, sort of spare time for because everybody's in mourning and everybody is grieving. Uh, so that has become a really rapidly growing challenge um and so enormous respect for all my colleagues who are still managing to bring these stories out um <clears throat> the the saving grace i think is that there are actually people out there especially essential workers people working in icus people uh, who are stretched to the seams who really want their stories to be told um you know so uh, uh there is a there is a very profound very uh, a, quite an unprecedented gush of lived experiences coming out right now, which I think is making it somewhat uh, easier for journalists to get these stories. Uh, but uh, the basic challenge of justifying the work that we do at a moment like this with sort of staggering loss and trauma in the air is something that I, I don't think we are talking about enough. You know, I've been um, noticing that there's a campaign out um, um, to classify journalists as frontline workers, uh, you know, in in this in this situation, um, has that gotten any traction? This is this to me is interesting because you know Singapore classifies uh, journalists as frontline workers, and so therefore uh, was quick to vaccinate, um, um, you know, the the industry fairly quickly. Um, has that gotten any traction in India? 
a few states have taken steps uh, in that direction um but overall i think the attitude towards journalists even before the pandemic was fairly dismal um and and i think this is where some amount of soul searching as a community is also important because yes journalists are soft targets and yes we don't uh, get uh, you know the, the the good ones that that do this job at tremendous personal cost uh, <clears throat> don't always get what they deserve but i think as a community um you know it would have be, it would have been much easier for us to garner support to you know call ourselves frontline workers if we had actually consistently done that job before the pandemic arrived um so it doesn't help that the public image of journalism uh, was actually uh, quite poor before this pandemic happened and so public support for this call is also at least in my experience very lukewarm uh, a few states like i said have taken have uh, gone gone ahead and and designated them as frontline workers um but yeah at a at a at a central level uh, i don't see anything like that happening good yeah good point in fact you know um adding to that you know i was speaking to a friend in bombay who um uh, who was saying that traditional print media has shown a, a great deal of spinelessness um and and digital media has sort of veered between being a mouthpiece for the current dispensation <clears throat> she called it um how apart from how uh, how are journalists uh, viewing traditional legacy media like what's the what's the rift there and how is that being how is it being bridged if at all yeah thank you rishad um I, I think i should have uh, furnished this disclaimer up top i personally because of my comorbidities and also because covid visited um my family as well i haven't been going to the ground and doing a lot of reporting um so a lot of what i say is second hand information um <clears throat> but uh, you know this this question about the relationship that journalists have with legacy media um to me what has become very apparent um through the lenses of the work that i do in mental health is that a lot of journalists are now really suffering from this very uh, frightening cognitive dissonance um most of these um, or rather many of these large uh, legacy media organizations especially in television and large part of the print universe as well um are known to blatantly to the 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 sort of uh, uh, establishment line um and that involves trading in all kinds of half truths at best and and rampant misinformation at worst um and i think a lot of young journalists who still have some degree of idealism left and they want to do this job for the right reasons just finding it impossible to function in that climate um because everything uh, you know uh, that does not add to the clamor for accountability right now is immoral and and i think that's taking a huge toll on a lot of young journalists <laughs> excuse me and so um you know uh, but but i don't i mean it's it's very it's uh, uh, tempting to paint all of mainstream media with the same brush but i must also rush to say that a lot of solid reporting is is happening from uh, legacy media as well um it's just that like i said historically the trust has eroded so much that it's not even 
uh, acceptable to say that anymore in public because all you know people want you to you know bash legacy media because that's just where we are today thanks to the sins of the past it's catching up with us um and i think uh, uh, you know increasingly we have seen especially in the past 18 months or so how a lot of large media organizations uh, fairly well resourced have used the pandemic really as an excuse to get rid of people um you know tenured people uh, you know i know several people who have worked their entire careers in one company and then suddenly very unceremoniously unceremoniously they were shown the door <clears throat> at an age where it's going to be impossible for them to get jobs so that resentment is also very much there um so yeah overall i would say that um the pandemic as it has done with uh, many other fissures in in society is also exposing a lot of these uh, structural issues that the legacy media all, always had it's just blowing it up now um the, the lens of the pandemic so if if i'm hearing you right you're saying that media is in this really difficult space to begin with because of the highly polarized um uh you know kind of um uh, discourse around around media and, and and news and politics um so you're are you saying also that that newsrooms uh therefore find it really hard to support their journalists on the ground making sure that they have the right safety equipment or that their their you know their well-being uh is is paramount yeah I, i i wouldn't say they're finding it hard because i haven't seen too much evidence of intent to be honest um you know but i mean i might be speaking out of my um uh, of my own biases here and because my heart goes out to my colleagues who i know have been working in extremely extremely difficult um, almost impossible circumstances and uh, again the the pandemic is getting a disproportionate share of the uh, i shouldn't say disproportionate it's getting all the attention right now as it should but we we've always known this media employers in india as in other parts and many other parts of the world haven't really invested in employee well-being um or training or sort of de-risking uh, you know their their sort of safety so this is not new um and uh, a lot of the work that journalists are doing right now i think is just sheer personal tenacity um and so they are i mean you know the the the, the ones that are prolific that are out there 24 hours and uh amplifying call for help uh, calls for help on twitter making sure oxygen reaches hospitals they're doing this way beyond the call of duty um you know and i don't see uh, at least any public acknowledgement from their employers that this is the case that you know the, these journalists it's not their job to do this um and what is interesting to me is um whether finally media employers are going to walk back on their um uh sort of much cherished idea that journalists are not activists and should not behave like activists i mean after this what we are seeing um you know uh, from the from the best from the uh, you know the most sincere journalists out there they are actually working almost as full time activists uh, me, uh you know making sure help reaches people who most need it apart from their regular reporting duties and so a lot of the i think uh a notions that the legacy media used to hold dear including journalistic neutrality everybody is affected i mean we've all seen <clears throat> for instance 
you know, uh, Barkhadat's uh, interviews and, you know, uh, talking about how she lost her father. And I, I think that sort of neutering of the journalist's voice is just not going to happen anymore. Everyone is affected and we are all letting rip. Um, and secondly, this, this idea that uh, journalists have overnight transformed into activists and therefore this question of safety is even more critical um you know because the uh, with that shift in identity comes a whole different uh sop really and i don't see media organizations at least publicly doing much about it yeah you know that that brings me to um you know something a little more positive tanmoy uh i mean that's sobering uh you know what i want to ask is what can the splice community to do to help journals in india uh wow uh, i think just by listening and and holding space for conversations like this you're already um, doing something very valuable um there are um, uh, you know a reckoning is coming i mean or i mean my primary uh focus and my primary concern is this sort of tidal wave of unemployment that has hit the sector that has that has been you know it's there has been wave after wave after wave but after this i shudder to think of the toll that this is going to extract from the community and so in whatever way uh, a group such as plies can reach out and help sustain the work of journalists who will surely end up many of whom will surely end up losing their jobs creating safe spaces where they can discuss the trauma that you know they're going through right now um and peer support and just helping uh, you know connect them with opp to opportunities i think that would be a tremendous tremendous service um and i'm very grateful that um uh, uh several uh friends internationally are already doing this um, you know uh, mobilizing aid mobilizing resources um so yeah you know so we we've, we've been We've been looking around fairly hard uh, to find ways to support our, our friends and colleagues in, in India. You know, I think um, it's it's surprising to me that there there aren't uh, clearer ways of doing this. Um, it's not clear to me as, as an outsider sitting outside of, of India. You know, what can I do, um, first of all, as, as, as a person and secondly, as a splice? Um, uh, to find ways to support the, uh, the the industry, I think it's, you know, I I'm, I'm surprised that no one's uh, kind of stepped in with with a fund, for example, a relief fund, an emergency fund, uh, a COVID insurance plan, for example, <laughs> you know, for uh, for for industry coverage. Uh, it just feels like there's there's a lot of missed opportunity here. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and I'm not entirely surprised that we don't have clarity on these things because. We never really had the occasion to think about any of these things deeply until now. Um, most of us who worked in the industry for any length of time had sort of taken it for granted that we are on our own, really. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I've been tremendously privileged to have held jobs in very well-resourced organizations, so with insurance and all of that. But people who, I mean, now that I've turned independent this past one year or half a year, I've realized uh, just how uh abysmal the situation is so i'm not surprised that there are knowledge gaps and i think i'm hopeful that you know um conversations like this will help us resolve some of those gaps um <clears throat> i think the the more important thing than just raising funds right now which is 
very valuable and by all means we should all get behind that is to i think you know start a conversation about reskilling journalists about possible careers in other industries and this is a almost a taboo subject you know among journalists because most of us are career journalists or you know we love the work that we do we don't really want to think about a future beyond journalism um and i think right now you know the, the writing is on the wall many of us will have to consider those options and we are like most of us are clueless about where to even begin looking so i think if you know uh, we can all get behind initiatives that help uh, you know guide or nudge journalists in directions that may not be obvious to them because they're right now they're just swamped and they're not thinking clearly they're just traumatized uh, but i think it's a good time to slowly start having those conversations what can journalists do beyond journalism to because i think that that sort of romance of journalism which was tenuous at best is now very very frayed and i was reading this uh, post by a uh, a black journalist who's now a marketer and she said some very uh, hard hitting uh, things about the industry this is an industry that will can chew you up and spit you out and never look back so you know what do you do life can't stop so do you become a marketer do you become do you start teaching what do you do to to keep your livelihood going and i think if we can start that conversation um and help colleagues retrain themselves in other skills uh that would be also fairly very valuable service you know that that's actually uh, you know one of the reasons that splice uh, exists uh, you know it came of a conversation much like this one for different reasons at the time obviously um you know how can we how can we reskill uh, journalists not because we want to you know not because of some misplaced uh, objective of 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 you know re replacing the future of journalism or anything but in fact um you know pivoting the future of journalists in a weird way uh you know journalists yeah. don't necessarily um i don't mean to be you know uh, i don't mean this to be you know toxically cheerful but i i feel like journalists don't necessarily have to pivot away from the profession that they love they they might have to pivot towards an audience or towards a mm. niche or towards a you know a different business sensibility and mm. um you know this is this is kind of the 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 reason splice exists um i'd like to you know for whatever it's worth i'd like to make that um overt and i'd like to make our our time and our our network available uh to to journalists in india that are you know um feeling browbeaten and disheartened um and and i mean you know we're around to help um we we we're here for you you know and we're happy to be able to you know um put people in touch with with networks that are able to perhaps retrain or you know reintroduce uh folks to networks that perhaps they haven't been a part of um this is what we do yeah um, we want to help uh people do journalism the the way that they yeah. want to do it that romance doesn't have to disappear Yeah thank you Rishad yes i i uh, i understand that i might uh, end up sounding too cynical sometimes it's just uh, i and you are the good guys uh, we know that and thank you so much for existing and making all this uh, 
conversation even possible let me actually since you talked about the sort of building direct relationships with audiences and the sort of um, i think you're indicating uh, you you sort of uh, hinting at the sort of creator economy and independent journalism sort of newsletters and all of that uh, my personal experience and this is where i think splice can splice is particularly well positioned to help at least catalyze a, a shift uh, you know most of the platforms that we end up using uh, to tap into this creator economy as it were are all sort of based in the us or in europe and i in the past four months have i think i spent two and a half months chasing substack and stripe begging them to sort out their payment uh, gateway um it's ridiculously buggy payments keep failing and uh, it is clear to me that this these platforms were simply not built for the realities of non western markets and they keep struggling to keep up with regulatory changes um you know um so uh, for the past 2 weeks every uh, you know almost every single subscription that i've been getting it's just been it's it's dropping and every subscription lost is a punch in the gut really for a small uh, niche journalist um so i think splice if uh, communities like splice can come together to um you know i, I don't know if it is in spices charter to incubate alternatives but at least to talk more about this because i have been and i i in fact shot off um uh, and a brusque email to substack saying i understand that a lone journalist sitting somewhere in india is not priority for you because most of your star writers are in the us but hey this is my only source of livelihood and at a time like this especially i can't be bothered with you know chasing people to send now send me money through paypal or directly to my bank account because the payments are failing the least you can do is to make it easier for people like us and i'm not sure that for whatever reason they say they are a small team and i understand that um but the uh the, the this problem is very urgent and it's such a hidden nuance it doesn't get talked about enough because there are very very few people in india relatively speaking who have taken the indie route and because i'm probably one of the one, part of the first wave of such creators um you know i am really beginning to feel this so if we really if we really want to support independent creators and um we we believe as we should that that is a viable future then we really need to start seeding platforms that are agile and that are tailored to non western realities um i i'm learning this the hard way i don't know what the group thinks about this i just i have two quick things to 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 say uh to comment one is chris best and hamish mackenzie of of substack if you're listening uh you know there's a conversation to be had here there there's a few uh um app app features to tweak um also ghost if you're listening this is a huge opportunity someone like kirsten han moved from uh from substack to ghost uh they're doing an awesome job um i wish there was a way to at people right in a voice chat that's the next uh, technology yeah. the other thing i wanted to say um uh, is tamoy you you mentioned you were apologetic about your cynicism i just want to make a point here that you know those of us who are so inspired by what you do and write uh on twitter and elsewhere we don't look at you as a voice of cynicism we look at you as a incredible beacon of hope and not just for covid covid uh 
I want you to just know that. Thank you. Thank you. That is, I mean, I, I, I recently compared myself and a lot of people I know uh, with human custards because we are so, we are just oozing right now. You touch us and we are going to start oozing. So anything that is half kind and half human uh, immediately starts uh, making me cry. So I'm going to res resist that with all my might right now. But thank you so much, Rishad. That means a lot. And I, I, I agree. I mean, I have been, you know, writing about this idea of radical hope, which I've stolen from, uh, you know, this philosopher, Jonathan Lear. Um, and he uses, I mean, you know, radical hope is now used in the context of climate activism all the time. And it begins with the admission, the acknowledgement that things are going to shit, but that a better world is possible. And we may not know what that world will look like because, you know, we have limited bandwidth right now. And our imagination is simply not expansive enough to capture you know, what that world might look like. But we have to keep working with that belief. Otherwise, otherwise we will just stop. Um, and, and uh, you know, so thank you for acknowledging that it's not necessarily cynicism. Um, and uh, because you said, because you added Chris Best and ha uh, Hamish uh, McKenzie, um, Hamish is going to come as a guest lecturer to the CU NY course that I'm doing right now. And I very much intend to take this up with him. I've been writing to them a bunch. And I think it's this is a this is really a huge opportunity, this pandemic and the um, sort of wholesale move of a lot of journalists to independent work is a massive opportunity for the likes of Substack and Ghost. Ghost has its own issues. Ghost, for instance, the, the pricing is really, you know, it doesn't, it's not viable for small, you know, people who are neither too small nor too big. And I have been chasing them as well. I just feel like the response. Uh, the speed of the response sometimes for whatever reason, maybe because they're also startups, etc., does not really fit just how big of a crisis this is and how quickly everything is unraveling. So more conversations, more public sort of more pressure really on these platforms. And, you know, they're very well resourced. Ghost is open source. Uh, Substack has a, a huge amount of VC capital right now. Um, and maybe they should really start diverting some of those resources into fixing these niggles, which might appear like niggles for them, but for somebody who's fighting maybe, you know, personal loss in their families, you know, going through this trauma of reporting firsthand these extremely bleak scenes, and then having to come home to uh, realize that, you know, their, you know, subscriptions are failing is the last thing that anybody wants to see. So I think, you know, the only way to uh, change this is either by putting more pressure on these platforms to act more quickly to these emerging realities um, or by seeding completely new platforms. And I know that that the second bit, well, it, you know, it's, it's, it sounds seductive, but it is, it may not really be the, the, the pragmatic thing to do because we don't need more platforms really. Uh, but something has to be done to make these mega platforms, which are, which are touted as the future of the industry become nimbler and more agile and just more responsive to the mayhem out there um i i, I think you you raised some really interesting points and uh, you know very thoughtful points as well as as always Tanmoy. um i would like to to throw this open to um to the group here because uh, i think you know well for me at least you you raised uh, some really important issues not just about COVID, but also about where, you know, where journalism is going. Uh, we're, we're lucky here to have uh, Dorothy Din, who's, uh, who's in this group right now. Uh, she is also a newsletter creator. She writes the Camp, uh, Campuccino uh, newsletter, also on Substack. Um, 
I'm not sure if you are happy to unmic uh, unmute yourself, Dorothy, but you know, if if you'd like to add some comments to that, um, that would be great. Hi, Alan. Thanks. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm just taking a bit of break from work and realized there's this thing going on, so I just jump in midway to listen. Um, I don't have much to say because I've only started Campuccino six months ago um, out of necessity for myself and it has been going quite all right. I haven't really thought about monetizing yet um, because I still have a very small uh, readership. But I totally agree with the earlier speaker when you speak about um, how there is this need to make sure that um, the payment gateway is more inclusive and accessible, especially when it comes to our part of the world. Because despite me being in New Zealand right now, but I am Cambodia based. So like I've seen that there's a lot of fractions in terms of what is applicable to us, what is and like a lot of the technology that comes out, it's kind of being seen as US based most of the time and it's really hard to sort of visualize that sometime in um, a more Asian context you know um, so yeah that's all I have to say um, and I totally hear you and I resonate with you in terms of your frustration because I am frustrated also sometimes it's just that it never really come into the forefront because I'm, I'm still ha I still haven't really uh, monetized my newsletter yet but hopefully someday I will be able to. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Alan, can I just add one more quick point? Yeah, uh, go for it. <laughs> sorry. So, you know, another thing that uh, I have discovered because of my uh, because of my work on Substack uh, is, you know, again, this, this should come as no surprise to anybody. But if you compare the, the top paid newsletters on Substack, uh there is a massive class difference like a massive hierarchy it's almost like a caste system um you know tech business etc those newsletters newsletters that have b2b appeal etc they charge three four five ten x more than health or education newsletters again like i said this should not come as a surprise to anybody but i think this pandemic is again i mean we have been talking about this so-called great reset and i feel like whacking people who say that still but because clearly if there is a great reset happening it's not happening quickly enough um but i think there is a uh, real opportunity that we now have as journalists especially from places like india and and other places in um in the developing world that are that are that are feeling the brunt of this really with brutal impact um to start catalyzing a conversation about you know what does health journalism really deserve what how do we value health journalism or education journalism or journalism that has a social justice and human rights focus um and you know can we sort of really uh re-evaluate uh, these genres and you know because i'm sick and tired of you know I, you know barring maybe three four five newsletters do we really need 150 newsletters on tech and Silicon Valley still? And, you know, like more power to these creators. They are making a living for themselves. I have the highest respect and only goodwill for them. But as, as, a, as an industry, we really need more health reporting. We really need more education reporting. We really need more reporting geared towards the sort of building, you know, rebuilding better 
uh, from where we are from where we are today. And I'm not sure just as a as a as a culture a society just backing ten more tech newsletters is going to help us achieve that. Uh, and I'm, I'm I mean I'm saying this fully aware of the fact that of course it, my my own interest is also involved here. I do want more people to subscribe to my work, but not just mine. I mean if you just and it's it's staggering for me that even in the health roster on uh, Substack, the Sanity is the only newsletter that is written by a non-Western person in the top six. That's just incredible. Why are more people not using this platform to talk about health and education? Uh, and you know why are they not monetizing uh, these genres better? We need to start asking that question also, rather than just taking it for granted. Yeah, this is how it's always been. I was recently talking to a senior journalist in the US, and when I brought this up, he immediately said, "Oh yeah, no, 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 but that's just because these other genres like tech, business, etc., they are is more easily monetizable because there's a B two B angle to it." Uh, how long are we going to keep using that uh, logic and excuse to justify this really twisted economics? So. Yeah, once again, more conversations, please, about uh, what health reporters and education reporters and human rights reporters really deserve um, and how do we value them properly. That's really amazing. Um, and, and you're absolutely right. I think there's there needs to be a reckoning of, of what's going on in this space. And, and also to your point that, you know, do we really need yet another uh, technology uh, newsletter and um, and so on? Um, I'm still hoping to hear from from other people in this group. Um, you know, we're we're at 41 minutes past the hour now. Um, let's get get in a couple of questions if we can or comments before we we wrap this up. Um, hi, yeah, just a comment. This is Padmapriya here from Suno India. Um, I think just uh, Tanmay made a really valuable point just now about you know the value um, that needs to be given and I think shown to. Um, public health reporters and education reporters and human rights reporters. Um, I am actually uh, sick and tired of having to justify why Suno India only focuses on development journalism, uh, you know, or only on, um, you know, why are we not doing more of, uh, uh, why are we not doing more of, you know, fun stuff, entertainment stuff, and why is Suno India such a serious platform? I think for me, um, constantly as a as a media entrepreneur in the audio journalism space, which in itself is niche, having to go out there and justify and say, but these are stories that need to be told. We want to tell these stories. We want to do long form audio journalism in, in on serious topics. Um, and, and this is the reason why you need to support it. I think it's been an incredibly, um, at one side, from a listener point of view, we do get, we are getting subscriptions and people are supporting us. But when you actually go to investors or when you go to potential um, investors and you're talking to them, they're like, oh, but like, who wants to listen to sad stories? I mean, it's not about sad stories. I think if you look at the state, why um, at, the, at the current situation of COVID in India, I think it is because um, there was not enough investment in in journalism, in reporting on public health enough, sufficiently. I think if the mainstream media had actually done their job over the last few years, consistently reporting on public health, the state of public health, the lack of budgetary allotment to public health. I think um, a lot of the issues that we are now having to report would not have even come up, right? I think, and I, I did, and it's the same for education. It's the same for a lot of the sectors within India. And um, and I feel like, and I feel like this is, this is the frustrating part, you know, just getting one editors to understand that these uh, these reporters need to be skilled. These reporters need to be invested in. They need to be sent for more trainings. Invest more in your people and just like skill them. 
um, and also like for even like for investors to understand that there is like a whole lot of value attached uh, whether it is uh, mon monetary or or not but there is like a whole lot of moral value at least attached in investing in in companies and in people like tanmoy like come on i mean i don't understand why people don't understand this it's 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 for me like basic common sense but um only now are people realizing that oh shit we should have done more we should have reported more um and i think it's it's a bit too late right now you know so yeah just just a longish comment sorry and a rant maybe from my side and a very important rant as well thank you padma uh one last question or or comment or rant rants are welcome thank you guys <laughs> I, I I must also jump into um, to just say that uh, Suno India and the work that Priya does with Suno India, one of my <clears throat> primary motivators actually to uh, to do more of the kind of work that I do. She has been one of the most incredible supporters that we've had, and just a brilliant friend overall. And uh, battling her own uh, challenges, and just uh, complete solidarity with you, Priya, and thank you for. Um, continuing to speak truth to power and uh, you're amazing thank you thank you tadmoy that is sunoindia.in s u n o i n d i a.in uh definitely worth checking out uh rishad shall we wrap this up yes if there are no more questions um absolutely i i thought i'd give it the requisite amount of dead air Sure. No more. No more questions for Tanmoy. Excuse me. Uh, you know, I'm going to reiterate what I what I asked Tanmoy earlier. There seems to be an opportunity to help journalists uh, uh, and the the media industry around COVID uh, in India. Um, if you folks, you kind folks out there, think of uh, institutions or a fund or or anything uh, um, that we need to know about. Please let us know, and we'll distribute it to our networks uh, and and the Spice community. Um, we're doing this every single week. Uh, we're doing this at um, 11 a.m. on Fridays in Singapore. Uh, that's unfortunately 8:30 a.m. in India, but uh, um, but uh, you know, thank you, Tanmoy, for 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 you know sharing so much with us at this early hour uh, at least for me that's early um you know bring in your ideas we want to hear from you um you know about the next people to talk to we have uh, a a little plug we're doing a you know a, a much to tanmoy's uh, point we're doing a tiny little reader revenue um nerd fest on on our relatively new podcast called splice pink uh, we're talking every week uh, to Jane Marnie, who's currently with Crikey, and, and she's setting up her reader revenue practice there. So we're going to follow along with her in very quick, brief little confessionals uh, as she uh, hires people, as she sets up product ideas, prototypes, uh, figures out audiences, all the usual, all the gory details that go with uh, building a product and reader revenue team. Uh, follow along with that. Uh, send us ideas uh, in the Telegram group or join us on Planet for more ideas on who we should talk to. Tanmoy, thank you so much. Thank you, Tanmoy. Yeah.
Thank you entirely. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thanks everyone for, uh, for joining us here. Have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs> Thanks guys. Bye. Thanks guys. This was great. Bye. This is Splice.